glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Please open your Bibles to Genesis first chapter and verse 26. And let's all stand as we read this. Genesis chapter 1, start with verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please guide and direct us tonight. Bless us. Lord, I, I just pray that this uh, message might uh, sink into the hearts of especially the young people here. And Lord, that, uh, you're, that they might determine down in their hearts they're going to uh, do your will. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Before I get started, I... I I want to say I really appreciated Brother Hensley's preaching. Uh, I, I tell you the truth, I, I was really um, tired. I've been working really hard, and I really needed the break coming up here and getting preached to. And, and you've done a good job uh, preaching to me. And uh, Caleb said the same thing. He and I were talking about it, and he said, "Yeah, if I, if we just I needed to come up here too." He said, "So it, it's a blessing, and thanks for the food." Um, especially, uh, uh, of course, the food that was downstairs, and but also at uh, your house, uh, Sister Neil. Thank you for cooking for us, and good food, and those uh, that made the apple cider. I really like that, and I didn't get drunk even. <laughs> good stuff. All right, I want to tell you a true story. Now, this, this, I'll just say this before I get started here. You may not, right at first, realize how this relates to missions, but it does. It does very greatly. Okay, now I'm going to tell you a true story. I went to this one church, and they had this great big, huge picture up on the wall. 500 people in that picture. And uh, most of them were children. And it was a picture of that church back a number of years ago. I'm not sure just how many years it was. And uh, they told me that that church has the same number of families now that it had then. But now it's only running... Less than 100. What does that tell you? 
Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Now, I'm, <laughs> what I'm getting ready to preach about is a sensitive thing. I've, I've had, I've had, I had one preacher get so mad at me. After I, I thought he wanted me to preach it, okay. I don't ask. <laughs> I just preach. But I thought he wanted me to preach it. And, uh, but after it was all over, he said, man, I mean, he was mad. He said, if I did what you said and I had children like you say I should do, it would mess up every plan I have. You know what I thought? You better get your plan straightened out, buddy. You better get your plan straightened out if that be the case. Now, I, I wanted to preach tonight to the young people. There's just, I think a lot of them went downstairs. But that's all right. You that are up here. This is kind of an adult thing anyway. So it's, I think it's right. I think it's a good thing the way this was here. But I want to talk about the first commandment given to humans. Now, the very first commandment we read was given to some animals. God told them to be fruitful and multiply. But that he also told the Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And it says here, verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So he blessed them and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't a request. It was an order. Do it. Be fruitful and multiply. If you get married, you should be fruitful and multiply. Now, if you're not married, you shouldn't. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay? Don't do that. But when you get married, you should be fruitful and multiply. A while ago, we lived living by faith. And most people don't have children because they have zero faith. Zero. None. When it comes to that issue, none. Now, this, for you young people, I want to tell you something. You need to really make it, you need to determine in your heart what you're going to do right now because if there's anything that is uh, just really goes against the grain of our humanist culture, it's having children. They don't want you to have children, I'm going to tell you. That's one thing they didn't want. You know what? Children are made in the image of God. And Satan doesn't want the image of God. So he didn't want you to have children. He doesn't want it. And uh, I imagine Brother Sister Neil can say the same thing that I'm going to say right now. I've had a lot of sly remarks made against me, you know. And I I just use the answer like I, I mentioned. Uh, I was telling a story at uh, Brother Neil's house this afternoon that when somebody gets to pushing too far on it, I say, well, fine. You don't want to have kids? I don't think you should. You should just not have any kids. You don't need to be reproduced. <laughs> right? No faith. You don't want to do what God says. Better off not any more of you. 
Now, having children to obey this command, I just want to say that to obey this command is really not that difficult. It's not that difficult. God has made this intimate relationship between a husband and wife to be a pleasurable relationship. It's something that's enjoyable. It should only between be between a man and his wife, okay? But he made it. He, he, he said, you do this, and he made it so that doing it is not something that's, oh, man, how horrible. You know? No, it's a pleasurable thing. It's, it's good. It's, uh, God made, made this to be good. Now, what most people say is, uh, they say, oh, I can't afford to have children. I can't afford it. I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. While you're turning there, though, I'm going to tell you something. Here in this country, you can't afford to have children? Come on. Come on. That's baloney. You can... (laughs) You just don't have any faith if you don't want to have them. That's all. You want to live by faith? Do what he said. Living by faith. Do what he says. Deuteronomy 28. Start with verse uh, 1. Get my glass out here to read this. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field, Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind and the the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in the storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, and he, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord and the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, and in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, uh, the heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and, they, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only 
and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day uh, to the right hand or to the left, <coughs> excuse me, to go after other gods to serve them. And we could read on. I just want to say, what's it say there? You do what God says, he's going to bless. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about God's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for you. What do you hey, listen. Do you say, serve the same God I serve? My God's able. I'm going to tell you something. He's able. Now, I'm not saying that we haven't ever, ever had some problems. We've had financial even. We've had financial problems. We've had them. I, I've had, I had uh, one time over this Bible issue, we lost three-fourths of our support just like that. Just like that. Put us out on the street. But I'm going to tell you something. Do it all. God provided. We never starved. Had to eat beans for a while. But they were good. My my my, uh, my wife knows how to make the beans really good. Okay? We, we didn't starve. All my kids are strong and healthy. Okay? And... Um, you know, it says here, though, people will be afraid of you. And a lot of them are afraid of us now. Cause I got like 40 grandkids now. Okay, when we get together, man, I'll tell you what, people, they think, wow. They don't know what to think. They get uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, now, look with me in Psalms 127, verse 3. I know I'm not telling you anything you haven't already heard. Brother Neil, he's got to believe the same thing. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he does. But I haven't asked him. All right. Psalms 127. Start with verse 3. It says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Is that true? Our children, the heritage of the Lord? And yet, how many people are are there that practice birth control so that they don't receive that heritage? The fruit of the womb is his reward. And most people don't even want it. But we Christians, I'm just trying to say here, Let me say this. I'm really preaching to the young people tonight. But the older people, support them. Support them. Don't don't, uh, criticize. Don't uh, ridicule them. I have an uncle. He's dead now. Um, But we named one of our children after him. We... uh, Went by his house after we were in Indonesia when that child was born, and we came back and took that child to see him and told him that that child was named after him. And he almost ran us out of his house. 
He said, don't you all know what causes kids? You can't let people like that bother you. You just can't let them bother you. I was, I was, we were trying to um, honor him. He didn't consider it to be an honor. Okay. He had one child, and she's a lesbian. I'd rather have a whole bunch that know the difference between male and female and, and you know, not dumb as a rock. Like some of them don't even know what they are. Amen? Okay. So, verse 4. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Arrows are weapons. It's like bullets, ammunition, okay? Now, let's just think here for a minute. Um, Let's just think about politics just for a minute. Ammunition in the sense of for politics. And uh, Brother Neil, if you don't mind, I'm going to use your family as an example because you all about to have the 10th, right, number 10. So I, I just want to give you a little bit of math. If everybody, now catch, catch me carefully, if everybody in Bonner's Ferry used birth control as is being practiced right now in the most places in the United States, our birth rate in the United States is down below replacement level. So you have to have more than two to replace your population because there's always going to be some children that are going to die and not have any children, okay? So you have to have more than two to replace your population. Uh, Now, so in three generations, the people in Bonners Ferry, if they practice birth control like most of the U.S., they're going to be about the same as they are right now or a little bit less. Okay, now let's just do some math. Ten children times seven. Now, why seven? Because before Margaret Sanger came along, the average family had seven children. Now, some families didn't have any children. You know, God doesn't bless everybody with a child. If you don't think a child is a blessing, let me tell you, there's a lot of people that would like to have children and they can't have any. They just don't, they, God just didn't bless them with them. But in the average family, back before Margaret Sanger, has seven. So let's just say that your children average having seven children. And, of course, we're also assuming uh, you you young people, you uh, this assume, is assuming that you marry a good Christian girl that wants to have children. You better be careful who you marry. You marry some girl that doesn't want to have children, it's going to be a really, really problem for you. 
okay? So, but let's just say they all want to have children, and, and we're just going to assume just for this lesson tonight that, that you stay here in Bonner's Ferry and don't move out, okay? Because yeah, probably, there's probably some of you going to be going to Mission Field and so forth. But we're just going to assume for this lesson. So you got 10 times 7, that's 70. Now let's assume that 70 stay close to the Lord and do the same thing and stay here in Bonner's Ferry. 70 times 7 is 490. Let's, let's assume that 490 do the same thing. So 490 times 7 is 3,430. Guess who dominates the politics in Bonner's Ferry? You follow me? Guess who dominates? Your family would dominate. <laughs> Your family would dominate. We're not kidding. This ain't no joke. People just need to do the math. I'm going to tell you, I think independent Baptist churches have just absolutely, they've missed the mark on this thing. We could, be, we could have dominated this country just by having children. Let everybody else have no children. Let us have them. We win. We win big time. That's all it takes. Three generations. How many people in Bonner's Ferry? 2,500, and there's going to be 3,430 AU. Wow. All right, verse 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. I tell you what, I'd come home. I, I've, I've, I've had many, many, I've had many really, I've been under attacks most of my life. <laughs> most of my ministry, I really have. I've, I've, I've been under attack over the Bible issue for most of my ministry. And But, but anyway, I could come home after, no matter what happened. I could come home. Well, we had a new baby every two years. We had a new baby. So we always had a new baby until God quit blessing us with it anymore after we had 12, okay? So I would come home and I'd pick up a little baby and play with that little baby. And, you know, babies, they just love their daddy. Made me happy. Made me happy. Now I got grandkids. They come over and they climb up in my lap and they give me a kiss and hug me and and uh, you think that doesn't make me happy? I'm happy. I know a lot of people. They didn't obey God. They have no kids. They have no grandkids and they're lonely. They're old people. They're lonely. They have nothing. They have nothing. Okay, now... Verse uh, chapter 128. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. 
Thy wife shall be a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall, be the man, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. You want to be happy? You want to have a, a life that's really worth living? Obey God's word. His commands. Do what he said. You know, I, I'll have to say this. I have to say this. You got to, if you have a whole lot of kids, but you don't raise them right, you're probably going to be a miserable person. Okay? You'll be miserable. But if you, if you raise your children up right, chasten them betimes, the Bible says, while they're young. Betimes means while they're young. Chase them while they're young. Now, you you uh, beat them with the rod. They shall not die, but thou shalt save their soul from hell. You know that verse, right? We, we, what I'm trying to tell you is that if, if we bring them up, like God says, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Remember that verse? Now, I've, I've heard a lot of preachers say, be careful, uh, be careful because uh, you haven't had your uh, kids become teenagers yet and so forth. And I, and I agree with what the idea that they're trying to get across. You better be careful. That's true too. But I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak as a, a dad. I didn't always do everything I should. My wife, we didn't do, always do everything we should. We didn't always obey the voice or the uh, words of the Lord. We do have children that have made some mistakes, big ones. Okay, you know what? They saw us when we had our arguments. Not every kid sees what goes on in your life. Some of them see things others don't see. Okay, I'm just telling you the Bible is right. It's not lie. You watch how you treat your husband. You watch how you treat your wife. You be careful. You make sure you're in obedience to God. All self-will and stuff, there's no place for that in a marriage. You better be yielding to the will of God. But if we raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, then God's, we got a promise from God. They're not going to depart from what we teach them. We teach them how to be safe. They're going to get saved. We, we'll whip them with the, the rod, you know, and we'll save their soul from hell because they're going to believe the gospel. And, of course, we know. I, we, don't, we don't get a two before and beat our kids or something, okay? The, the, the humanists in this world, they want people to think we just get our kids and just bash them in the head with a steel rod or something. no. If you're training your, your children when they're really young, well, I'm, the younger they are, the easier they are to train, okay? When that, when that baby bites his mama's breast, you know, when he's breastfeeding, you give him a thump, you've got to teach him. You don't let him just keep biting, okay? You've got to teach that child and, and, and so forth. So 
okay, I'm going to ask you this. I'll, I'll direct this to married people. Is your mate worthy of being reproduced in your eyes? <laughs> I wanted to see as many little Cheryls, my wife's name Cheryl, I wanted to see just as many of them running around as God would give me because I loved her. And I felt she was worthy of being reproduced. She was a great woman. She still is. She loved me and she wanted to see me reproduce. We, did, we, we made that decision before we got married. We are going to have as many kids as God would give us. We weren't going to play God with that area of our lives. Don't let God make the decision. Let, if he wants to bless us with 20 kids, amen. If he, can give, if he wants to give us 20, he'll make it so we can feed 20. Okay? Okay, now let's apply this a little bit to missions. A person. can't get saved if he or she is not even conceived. And they, they can't get saved if they're not conceived. they got to be conceived and, and be born. Otherwise, they can't do anything. They can't vote. We talked about politics. You see, this, 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 just looking at the politics again, this thing has really big repercussions. If we don't have children, then those children can't have any children. And their children can't have any children because they don't even exist. And there's no votes. And so the, the things that you say you believe and you stand for, there's nobody to stand for. You know what? All it would take, and you think about this, all it would take is for this church to decide we're not going to have any more children. If each of the families in this church would say we're not going to have any children, you know what would happen? As soon as you all die. This church is dead. Just like that. That's an extreme. It's not happening that extreme. But it is happening. I, I know of several churches in Texas. They had to close down. Because they practiced birth control. And now they're all a bunch of old people. And they can't pay the bills. It's like that. This is a very important thing. If they're not conceived, they can't get saved. They can't become church members. They can't give to missions. They can't become soul winners. They can't become missionaries. The vast majority of Christian leaders that I've seen as I've traveled around 
have been people raised in Christian homes. Not people. One out in the world. And I'm not saying that people one out in the world can't become Christian leaders. They can. My dad, my dad, uh, he, he was a, born and raised a Catholic. He had never heard the gospel until he was 27. He heard after he came back from World War II, all his buddies, most of his buddies, had been shot and killed. My dad was one of the Marines that hit Iwo Jima, and most of his buddies died right beside him. And he came back serious. And I don't have time to go into that, but I just say that he. Uh, He came back very serious, and he he began to realize things weren't good in his life, and he had he, something had to change, something had to change. And my mom, she was a Catholic. Uh, excuse me, not a Catholic. She was a Baptist. She was the daughter of a Baptist deacon. And uh, but she hadn't really, she hadn't really ever been saved, just because you're child of a preacher or a deacon or something, that doesn't mean you're saved. My mom wasn't saved. But uh, they they had a big problem in their life, and they they talked about it a little bit, and they they said, uh, you know, we need to we need to try to get closer to God. And, and uh, my dad said, well, we'll go to your church Sunday. And then the next time we go to my church, and we'll just rotate like that. Go to the Baptist church, then the Catholic church, Baptist church, Catholic church. <laughs> so there was a little church pretty close to their house, and they went to that church, and my dad heard the gospel for the first time. And came time for the next Sunday, and he had been thinking about that sermon all week, and he told my wife, uh, or my mom, or other, he said, uh, "I don't want to go back. To, I don't want to go to the Catholic church. Let's go back to that Baptist church. I want to hear more what that guy has to say." And they they kept going to that Baptist church for a while, and, and pretty soon my dad got saved, and then my mom got saved, and uh, at, I was one year old when my dad got saved. It wasn't very long after that. I don't know, a few years after that, my dad surrendered to preach. And as a result, he t- told me how to be saved. And I got saved. And uh, and then Caleb here, he's saved. You see what, you see what I mean? you got to have a child. you got to have children. There's nobody to get saved. In, in his case, he was just a lost man. Uh, but then he, when he got saved, he said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God said. I'm going to try to live for the Lord. And I thank God for it. Why, where would I be? It's hard for me to imagine, brother. Where would I be? Probably, I'd probably be dead. I probably wouldn't even be alive now. Who knows what would have happened to me by now. Okay, now turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. In verse 4, we're going to close with this.
Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Well, actually, after this, I got one other, one other thing to say, one other passage of scripture I want to read. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou buildest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, And when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Now, uh, you say, here's what God wants you. You young people, please listen to me. He wants you to have faith in what he says. He wants you to believe it can be done. Just don't doubt. Let me give you a principle. God said here, he wants us to love the Lord thy God with all thy might. Now, you listen to me carefully. The difference between winning and losing is usually just a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't like to lose. What about you? I don't like to lose. You know what makes the difference? When you put everything you have into it. That's what makes the difference. When you put everything you have into it. The people in sports that usually win are those that They put everything they have into it. They may be down and it looks like they're about to lose. And man, that's when they put more into it. They put more than they have into it. They don't want to lose. And man, they they put everything they have into it and they win. You want to win? Well, God, do what he says here. 
Put everything you have. Get, do it. Serve Him with your might. Don't halfway do it. Don't just be lukewarm. Man, I mean, get on fire. Be hot. (laughs) Y'all, I hope y'all don't misunderstand what I mean by this. But I want my woman to be hot. I want my wife to be hot. I don't want her to just halfway love me. Y'all know what I mean here? I I want her to love me all the way. I don't want her to be halfway. I want her to give her whole heart to me. Love me with all her heart. Follow me? I should love her with all my heart. Give her everything I have. I want to tell you something. I was really concerned. I felt God wanted me to preach this. And I still, I'm certain that God wanted me to preach this thing. But what troubled me about it, and and when I say this, I, I felt like this is what God wanted me to preach before I even left Oklahoma. But I was troubled about one thing. I didn't know how to close it. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. While you're there, I want to tell you something. While you're turning there, Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. When we got home from your house, Brother Neil, got home from eating at your house, um, I got a message from my wife. Actually, it was a message from my sister that lives in Kansas City. She sent this message. My wife got it, and she relayed it on to me. My cousin, his name is David. I think he's one year younger than me. Died in his sleep here the other night. Well, it really grieves me. You know why? Because as far as I know, I never trusted Christ as Savior. And he heard the gospel many times. He heard the gospel many times. I just say this. It got me to really thinking because i got an uncle. I've got an uncle who lives down in Texas that he joined a a Southern Baptist church, and they let him be a member on, I think it was Methodist baptism. <laughs> he told me that, and it's, it, it, it's kind of shocked me, and I, I didn't say anything. That was wrong. I should have said something right there. But I'm, I'm got, I've got him on my mind now, and I, I pray, ask you to pray for my Uncle Clarence. Keep me in prayer because I'm going to try to get in contact with him. I want to tell him, listen, the reason real Baptists don't accept baptism from churches like the Methodists is because the Methodists believe it saves you. That's why. And I, I'm going to ask him, I say, now, Uncle Clarence, do you think that baptism saves you? You see, they, I'm going to tell him what they should have done is they should have said, I'm sorry, we can't accept you. And the reason is because that church teaches baptism saves, and it doesn't. So we can't accept that. You see, the baptism that you practice, it preaches what you believe about how to be saved. 
But anyway, here in Romans chapter 10, I want to close just, just briefly say how to be saved. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My heart's desire and prayer to God for the United States is people here might be saved. I'm a missionary to Indonesia. That's where my heart is. But I tell you what, I love my people here too. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You know, that's the way most people are. They're religious. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. They're trying to prove to God that they're righteous. But God said, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. You can't prove to God you're righteous because you're not. Amen? Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, uh, what it amounts to is this. Jesus is the righteousness. He's our righteousness. We must trust him and let him be our righteousness. Don't try to establish your own. You need the righteousness of God. And then verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know what? Getting saved is easy. You just believe in Jesus. All the works have been done by him. All the works have been done by him. As far as I know, everybody here is saved. I do not know. But there may be somebody here that's not. I'm a, I, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. If you're here and you have not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to tell you, my cousin David, I'll guarantee you, did not think he was going to die here just the other night. I'm sure he didn't have any idea it was going to happen. He died, and you're going to die. You better be ready. Mm-hmm.